So I'm not going to lie to you. I spent the better part of many hours yesterday recording this podcast, and I don't know what happened, but none of it saved. And now I'm having to do it all over again. So let's hope that this one is better than the last one. And yeah, I'm shooting for Wednesdays to have this come out, but I guess we're just going to have to wait for Thursday on this one. So uh, anyway, welcome to the Good Courage Podcast. This is Jay Gamlin. Like I said, welcome to the Good Courage Podcast. Today we're going to take a look at doubt, and we're going to explore just how bad is doubt really. I mean, maybe doubt is not the boogeyman of faith, but... Maybe a friend, a teacher, a guide, something trying to tell us something about ourselves. But first, let's just have a little moment of gratitude. I wish you'd never go. So yesterday, my daughter's school had a science night. It was a night where kids volunteered to do science projects and bring them up and show them off to everybody. When I was a kid, I hated science projects, but here were all these kids proud to show off the work that they'd been doing. They had things on magnets and fulcrums and things that floated and things that grew. It was just awesome. And then on on top of it, all these parents and leaders brought a 3D printer and x-rays from a from a, a veterinarian clinic and and this one guy brought this electrical thing that made noises and fans and there was stuff from dinosaurs and fossils it was just the coolest thing and it just made me again appreciate science that that there is a beauty to science and the discovery of how everything is put together in the universe so Thank you, Science Fair Projects, and thank you, Science, for all that you give us every day. So let's start by saying that doubt can be scary for some people. Doubting means you're sort of giving up one place to go to a new place, or a slightly different place, or rearranging the place that you're from, and that... The rearranging of our lives and identity and all that can be scary, and I get that. I think we feel like, you know, doubt is really a permanent thing. And, you know, once you doubt, then there's no going back. You are all the way there. I think a lot of this comes out of some of those theologies that are based on a fear-based economy You know, this idea that, you know, if you doubt, then God's going to spew you from God's mouth and you're going to be tortured, blah, 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 blah. That all goes back to our psychopathic God. And let's let's just start with this. If doubt is such a threat to God, then our God is probably pretty fragile. I would say that that little G God who can't handle a little bit of questioning and wondering and pondering and being curious and and wondering what else what are we missing the what what's what is it we really think if god can't handle that that god is just way too fragile i tend to think that uh, the divine that i believe in the divine flow of things is not that fragile that that there isn't some 
uh, presence that's going to be deeply hurt if we were to say, what if we were to think a little different and, and what is going on here? I don't, I don't think that the divine is that fragile. Second, second is this, that if there is a divine, then I don't need to believe in the divine in order for it to exist. In other words, like if I just decided that the moon didn't exist, it wouldn't be like the moon disappeared. It exists because it exists. That's just the way things are. And so if there is a divine presence, then my pondering, my curiosity, perhaps my doubts about that aren't going to call or create that into being. So let's just assume that it's okay, that we can have this conversation and that we don't need to be afraid of the conversation around doubts. We can cast out fear and we can believe that if love is perfect and the divine's whole being is love, then that perfect love can cast out that fear. So let's just, let's just be in a space where we can say, let's doubt for a moment together. So let's start the conversation thinking about what we mean when we say the word faith. So faith tends to mean in our Western culture and mindset uh, an, uh, an intellectual assent to a particular idea. So that's what we sort of mean. In the Enlightenment, we um, leaned deeply into reason as the great um, the great uh, commodifier that that truth can all be quantified and qualified that if we ask the right questions then we will come to the answers and so we have put so much trust into our reason that this sort of seeped into our faith that we began to equate faith with perhaps theology or faith as a as an intellectual assent I don't I think the first thing that we can do here is it's let's let's talk about faith as something else. Faith faith isn't something that is an intellectual assent. Instead, I like to think of what we what we mean when we say the word faith, which in scripture is this Greek word pistis. And uh, the word faith also just means trust. I to trust in something. Uh, to 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 say that uh, we are going to just trust something to be correct or true. Now we live trusting things all the time. It's a part of the life of of humanity. We trust gravity is going to work tomorrow. We trust the sun will come up. We trust that spring will follow winter. We can say we have faith that these things are true. So there is then necessarily uh, a conversation that needs to be had about trusting. Because you see, the opposite of trust, the opposite of trusting something is, is not certainty. The opposite of faith would not be certainty. The opposite of faith necessarily and by definition is doubt. Certainty is a pure knowledge of something. Faith or trust means this thing... I trust it to be true. There may be elements, or it may go a different way, but I'm going to trust this moment, this person, this idea, even though inside me I harbor, for lack of a better word, doubt. 
Let me give you an example. You know, uh, we are thinking about picking up my son from college, and let's say we decided to drive to pick him up. So we drive from Colorado all the way to Virginia, and we pick him up in our car. I would trust that I would drive all the way there and all the way back without getting into any sort of fender bender. I have faith that that would happen, and I have experience that tells me that that's likely, but there is a chance it could happen. I could very well get into a fender bender. I could get into an accident. I I trust I won't, but honestly, if I'm honest, I have questions about that, and I, I wouldn't stake my life on it. Doubt and trust are just a part of the human experience. We trust things all the time. Here's here's a more complicated uh, example. Do you believe in life in outer space? I mean, really think about it. Do you believe there's life in outer space? Now, do you have any evidence that there is life in outer space? I mean, we we think so. We we you know we watch. We I mean. Certainly, culture believes so. We have entire movie franchises dedicated to the idea that that there is life in outer space. But when it comes down to it, we don't we don't have a whole lot of well experience with this. That what if I mean just what if we are the one in infinity in the universe? Now most mathematicians and scientists would absolutely say I'm a fool to think that way. And to be honest with you, I do believe there's life in outer space, but I think it's healthy to live with a, an amount of doubt that this is a this is an idea that we assent to, that we trust to be true, but to call it fact, that's that's a different thing. We just trust in the ideas of an infinite universe. We trust in the idea in the math of infinity we, we trust in those things and we trust that the earth is infinite and we trust all of those things to be true and for the most part all our science points us that way but well maybe what if we're wrong about something we've been wrong about things before why not that so you know we we live with this idea of trust and faith so the the first thing that we have to understand is that faith is not an intellectual assent it is that our intellect can take us so far, our experience can take us so far, it can inform who we are, but at some point, as Kierkegaard talks about it, and, and I'm going to way oversimplify Kierkegaard's understanding of a leap of faith, which you know has been oversimplified for too long, blah, 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 but this whole idea is that our intellect will take us so far, experience will take us so far, but there is a point where we're going to say that we believe something to be true, that we trust it to be true, even if we can't be one billion percent sure. That's what faith is. You see, the opposite of faith is certainty. Certainty tells us that there is no doubt, that there that we are that it there's no faith involved when it comes to certainty. It's just simply knowledge or fact. Uh, and so we we uh, think of these things as certainty. Now, a lot of people get those things confused. They confuse their uh, trust in a divine presence as certainty. But but that that I would I would argue then that they have not fully. Well, that's probably not fair to say. What I would say is that it's more than just 
really feeling it down in your soul. That, that's not certainty. That's feelings. And it's not fact. It's trusting. And it's, I get it. You trust what the, um, what the writers have said and what you've experienced in your life and what you've done, but that doesn't make it fact. And it's really an ascent of trust. It's your faith. And so, so, uh, you know, maybe, maybe we should be a little more gentle with us ourselves when we talk about faith. Now, let, let's move on to the second idea here in just a moment. Uh, before we do that, I want to share a song with you. It's going to sound real familiar. Um, I, you know, when it comes to music and the idea of trust and mistrust and doubt and faith, uh, there's not a lot, but I think uh, there's some good ones out there. Um, this is one of my favorites. Take a listen. Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For by U2 from the incredible 1987 Joshua Tree album. So this album came to me when I was 14 years old. Do you remember what it felt like to be a 14-year-old when you just weren't sure who you were and you weren't sure what you thought or believed? As somebody who, as you can obviously tell from my podcast, music means a lot to me. I was wondering what kind of musician I was and what kind of music I liked and so I was experimenting with you know at the time all of the stuff was Poison and Motley Crue and and you know uh, Def Leppard and it was this kind of very how do I call it kind of deeply misogynistic yet everybody's dressing like women and and all about kind of sex and drugs and rock and roll and hot for teacher and you know and then comes this extremely earnest music now for those of you who immediately hear you two and you go blah and you because of just the earnestness of bono i i want to recommend to you his book that he recently came out with i think i think you'll realize he's much more self-aware about how that rubs people the wrong way than than perhaps maybe some others are and even can kind of laugh at himself and even sort of apologizes for some of it and recognizing how that comes out. And anyway, this song comes out and here's this beautiful story. Uh, the the Edge and Bono are a part of this uh, small, deeply Christian community in Ireland and they were struggling in the making of this album. You know, how, how did they continue with their faith in this community? And they were told by people in the community they can't be rock stars. They had to keep doing uh, you know they had to they had to give it up for Jesus or whatever those kind of things are, which to me just sounds like power and control. But anyway, they were really wrestling with it, and and I think this song really 
gets to the heart of it, of doubt and faith. That, that you know, in one sense, in one sense, he's saying, uh, you know, I have kissed honey lips, felt the healing in their fingertips. It was I held the hand of the devil. It was warm in the night, but I still haven't found what I'm looking for. This beautiful question that dangles over the person who we would call somebody deeply faithful, for lack of a better word, but still struggles with finding what they're looking for. So I like this song as it kind of holds that tension of uh, both faith and doubt and experience and still wondering and still being curious. And so I recommend it as always. Uh, I love you too. I'm an unashamed, unembarrassed, unapologetic lover of you too. And again, that's I still haven't found what I'm looking for from the Joshua Tree album. So uh, in thinking that doubt and faith then are two sides of the same coin and necessary to one another, uh, let's just be also clear about something about both of those things, that trust and faith um, is not a binary in that you either have it or you don't. It's either all in or all out, that, that we trust on a sliding scale all the time. Uh, we there are things that we trust are going to go well and things that we're like oh maybe not as well this time or and or uh, um, you know just even our belief in God moves up and down on a sliding scale uh, even Jesus when Jesus talks to people about faith he never says you have no faith and you have all the faith it's always much and little that we can trust a lot or we can trust a little and we can struggle in that non-binary, non-dualistic. Dualistic is a, a term that means like one or the other, yes or no. You either have the light switch on or the light switch off. Instead, faith is much more like and trust is much more like a dimmer switch where sometimes it's on a little and sometimes it's shining bright. The same thing can also be said about doubt, that doubt is also not binary. Uh, non-dualistic. Uh, it's not like doubt means you have no faith and you have you only doubt. You can doubt a little. You can doubt a lot. You can trust a little. You can trust a lot. These things are not binary. So to feel like because you have a doubt means that you've given up on the whole thing, well, that's really leaning into a heavy dualism that's not super helpful. Having doubt is okay. It's a part of of what it is. In fact, I would say if the opposite of faith is not doubt but certainty, there is an equal tyranny to certainty that that can blind us to what can be. If we are so certain that there is a divine and the divine acts in this particular way, then that certainty can blind us for when the divine moves in a new way. I know that the story of Jesus is a story of many, many faithful, faithful, faithful people who struggled and doubted and didn't see and couldn't understand and wrestled and, and, and lived with this complicated story of Jesus. I know that, that, there are, that, that Jesus was killed by faithful people who thought they were doing the right thing, some of which, from according to legend, repented and, and, and changed their mind. Repent not meaning like, oh, oh meaning they, they changed the way they think. They turned around. and So certainty can blind us and, and, and also can blind us 
in our doubt, we can be so sure that we are atheist, that we that there is no divine plan, that everything is according to chaos and science and order, which may be very true, and I'm willing to lean heavy into that, that we might miss the beautiful synchronicity of things and to see the cosmic playing out, to see the first mover who binds things together, and then to see in humanity the, the, our, our desire towards love and justice, even when we get confused about what that justice is, that, that we, I think it's good to doubt our faith and then doubt our doubts. I think that is a beautiful place to be. I mean, people called Jesus Satan. They called him Beelzebub, a, a big old uh, word for like a, 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 a an old god Baal and and called Jesus that because they just couldn't see. Um, that's people living out of that certainty who just couldn't see the beauty of the story of Jesus. And so, you know, I think we can uh, we can, can don't have to be so strong and worrying about categorizing things as all yes or all no, but rather live into this kind of dialectic of the two things. So. This last little section here, I, I want to spend a moment talking about the gift of doubt. That there is something beautiful about doubt. I had a, uh, a spiritual director, and I went to the spiritual director and was uh, just talking about things that I was struggling with. Uh, at the time, I was struggling with the community I was a part of, leaders that I was working with. And the way that I was talking about and couching all of these things were like, these were problems. These were obstacles. I was trying to find ways to overcome, to fix the problem and to overcome the obstacle. The spiritual director turned to me and said, you know, I've noticed you call these things problems and obstacles. What, what if you began to call these things friend or teacher or guide? that these problems and obstacles you're experiencing aren't aren't there to harm you, but can actually teach you and can grow new things in you and lead you into new places of self-awareness or gaps in your own psyche and identity. Maybe maybe you need to learn something about leadership. What what are you what are you willing to do to give up thinking that these are problems and instead a friend, a guide, a teacher? This radically reshaped not only how I saw these things, but it honestly reshaped my relationships with these people. That instead of seeing them as a problem, I saw them as somebody highlighting something probably in me that I'm not thrilled about. That I am learning something about who I am. And sometimes when they were just dead wrong about something, I was able to laugh it off because I could get triggered and could get anxious and angry and self-righteous and maybe that's not helpful either so it was teaching me to uh, relax to be gracious I want to take that same tact with doubt maybe doubt isn't an obstacle to overcome a, a problem to avoid or a problem to fix maybe doubt is a gift maybe doubt is there to help us. Maybe maybe doubt is not so much a problem, but is an example of our curiosity and wonder. 
maybe doubt is the way in which we can engage old tapes in our head and maybe question them and ask, is this true? Is it not true? I think if we're never willing to embrace those questions, then then I think we're living out of fear rather than out of growth. We're no longer thinking about growing in who we are and our identity and maybe even how much we trust and how we trust, but maybe we're just we're getting a little stuck. So maybe doubt, maybe doubt is a friend and is something that wants to help us. Let's talk about some ways that doubt can be a friend here in just a moment. Here's one more song I want to share with you that I think is just beautiful and uh, I hope you like it as much as I do. I've tried to stand my ground I've tried to understand But I can't seem to find my faith again Like water on the sand Like grasping at the wind I keep on falling short Strength by Gunger, Michael Gunger. And, uh, you know, you don't often hear these quote-unquote Christian uh, musicians. At the time, Michael Gunger probably would have called him a, called himself a Christian musician who is so willing to be so vulnerable and honest about where they stand in their own faith. And, and here what I love is just saying, I just don't have it. I don't get it. I am lost. And, uh, and here's, here's what I find really beautiful. He's praying to the divine with which he's even struggling to believe in for strength. That there is somehow this duality that is, not duality, the opposite of that. There's somehow holding on to both of that, of saying, I trust, but I have just also seriously struggling. It reminds me of this beautiful little story from the sacred stories um, in the New Testament around Jesus where um, a man who's I believe child let me look it up hang on one sec okay so I looked it up it's Mark 9 and it's a story of about a, a man who brings his son to Jesus who is having seizures and says if you can do anything do it and Jesus is like why are you saying if if you trust me, it's going to be fine. If you believe, it's going to be fine. And uh, he, the man answers in the most beautiful way possible. He says, I believe. Help my unbelief. Again, what a beautiful understanding of what it means to live a life of trust, that we are both in a place of trust as well as doubt, that we live in the tension between those two things and my friends, it's normal. And so I love this song from Michael Gunger, who, who like me at times, says, you know, I don't have it, so you're going to need to do it for me. And you're going to have to carry me when I can't be carried. And uh, when I've been in moments like that, I've had a great community that I've carried through 
carried me through those times. But more on that later. If you want to hear more about being carried, check out the the podcast that we did in this series called uh, Faith is Whole in Community. So the thing that I think that doubt can do as a gift, one of the big gifts that doubt can give us is the gift of humility. That certainty does not like humility. Certainty requires a certain amount of pride. And, uh, you know, I think what doubt does is it opens us up to the opportunity for us to learn and to recognize that maybe we don't have it figured out and maybe we have a space in which we need to be curious and wonder and uh, start asking ourselves, what is it that I really believe? What is it that I really trust? There's a quote that's often attributed to Aristotle. Who knows who really said it? But it basically goes something along the lines of, I am the wisest man in the world because I know I'm not the wisest man in the world. See, a wise person doesn't think they've got it figured out, that they're working on it, that they're that they're still processing, that they're still thinking about things. So I think that doubt is a gift to us and it humbles us and reminds us that we're still learning, we're still growing. And to think that we could have all of God figured out and stuck in our pocket and that there could be no doubts, well, I, I think that takes a little bit of arrogance and a little bit of pride to say that you've got it all figured out. I think doubt is a healthy thing, and I think that it helps us re-examine our positions, our identity, what we think, what we believe, our trust, and it helps us clarify those things. So I really believe that we can doubt, and that's a gift. Not only is doubt good for our faith, I think we can doubt our doubts. We can encounter our doubts and our disbelief and say, well, what if I'm wrong about what I claim to be true as, as agnostic or as atheist? What if, what if there is some truth in the story of Jesus or the story of the Buddha or the story that we find across creation? How, maybe if I am doubting something that might be considered true somewhere else, maybe it's a healthy thing for me to do is to set those, to use those doubts, uh, doubts I should say, to use those doubts to help me learn and grow. The worst that could happen is that I know more. That's a healthy thing. That's a great thing. It can sharpen what I already believe, perhaps, or maybe it may lead me into brand new ways of processing who the divine is and open my eyes to the way in which God is moving in new and unexpected ways, if if that is where I go. So we can doubt our trust and we can also doubt our disbelief as well. I think it's beautiful. I've, I've often said that I think that the most holy motion that we can make in church is shrugging our shoulders to simply abandon saying we've got it all figured out. We trust, but we don't know. I thought it would be fun to end um, in the Lutheran tradition. Uh, we've been doing this forever. I, even when I suggested we do something different, people look at me funny, so I guess it's one of those entrenched culture moments. But we often end our worship services by saying, go in peace, serve the Lord. And then everybody in the church says, thanks be to God. I think it'd be better if we put a question mark at the end where we're like, go in peace, serve the Lord. And everybody went, 
thanks be to God, I think that would be amazing because there's something beautiful about saying maybe, maybe this is what we should be doing. Maybe that's the good life. So anyway, I think that a gift is humility. I also think that um, at any point, uh, we can also see doubt as not just something about the big question of whether or not there is a divine presence, but we can doubt many little things too, and we can doubt different parts of what we think to be true. We can doubt what we were told as kids. We can doubt what we were told by probably a whole lot of white, heterosexual, mid, mid, uh, middle-class uh, men, you know, that, that maybe, maybe there's other ways of seeing perspectives that we just need. So we need to, to doubt what we've been taught. I, at any point of time, I doubt, I doubt things, not always the divine, sometimes the divine, but not always. I can doubt what prayer does or, or whether or not Jesus was divine, or perhaps just the first fruits of creation or, the first to live out the divine, uh, living fully in all of us. I, d I don't know. I, I, I see the problems with all of it. I sometimes wonder what we're doing in communion and, and what is what is the divine doing with communion and, and how does that work? Or, oh, don't even get me started about the Trinity. I don't get the Trinity. And I, I, I put my hat in the same ring with a lot of people who didn't understand the Trinity. I know that... Uh, Augustine, the famous story of Augustine, he's wrestling with the Trinity, couldn't understand it, couldn't understand it, and then he had a dream one night, and uh, he's sitting on the ocean, and this little girl goes and fills up a bucket of water, and comes, and she digs a hole in the sand, and she pours the ocean into, she pours her bucket into the little hole, and then she goes back and fills it up with more water, and she goes back to the hole, and she pours the water in, and uh, Augustine in his dream, of course, all this is legend, but who knows? It's still a great parable. In his dream, he asks the little girl, what is it you're trying to do? And the girl responds, well, I'm trying to put the whole ocean into this hole. And Augustine says, you could never do that. The ocean is too big. And the little girl says, and you'll never understand the Trinity. <laughs> I love that story. It's Maybe some things are just too big for us to understand, but I sure struggle with the Trinity, the whole three-in-one and divine dance and the, the moving together. and I, it's, it's all very, very hard for a concrete mind like mine to figure out. I, I sometimes doubt the church. I doubt not the church that I go to, but just the whole construct of church and, and what it has become since 350 AD when Constantine made Christianity the religion of the empire and how church has been so corrupted by empire that just how is this the is this really what you really want in the universe divine that we build buildings and sing in unison is that is that really it I sometimes struggle with that and then other times I see just how gorgeous this collection and community of people getting together yes, to do worship, but then to watch them change their lives and become different people by what's taught within that building and how it's healed people from pain in their heart and soul and spirit. I, it just goes back and forth. I doubt things all the time. I doubt whether or not I'll live long enough to see Tottenham win a trophy. Good Lord. 
I sometimes wonder if that'll ever happen in my life. You know, we, we can doubt all sorts of stuff, but each of these things give us an opportunity to, to look and to grow and to maybe sharpen what we think. Maybe being curious is healthy and holy, and maybe it helps us get rid of some of this stuff that we've been clinging to that in the end aren't really all that necessary. Maybe we need need that. The last thing I think about doubt is I think doubt tells us something about courage, about being courageous about what we think and feel, to, to as you know they would say in Star Trek, to go boldly into places we've never been before. Maybe having doubts is really about courage. I know that whenever I've voiced my own doubts or struggles, I've done this pretty openly in my community. I've, I've not like rent my clothes weeping because I don't think doubt is a problem. But whenever I've expressed this, I've watched how people react. And uh, I think it goes without saying that a lot of people get really queasy and uncomfortable. And I definitely have had people telling me, well, you know, if you doubt, then you can't be a good pastor. You must be a terrible pastor. When I would say, I think it is a healthy part of our life and faith to doubt. And, and to not have doubt means that, that you don't think God is strong enough to handle our doubts. And maybe you're stuck in your certainty. And maybe you're projecting your own fears on me that if your pastor can doubt, then maybe you can doubt it. Maybe everything's going to fall apart. Uh, maybe, maybe we can be courageous about our doubts. And maybe by voicing our doubts, perhaps even bringing our doubts and voicing our doubts in community, we can grow and thrive. One of my favorite things I've done with a bunch of middle schoolers is this kind of Socratic style teaching where uh, we all sat in a big circle and I said, if you just have any question about God or for God or with God or any of those things, I want you to open up and share those. And here's the deal. Nobody's going to answer your question. We're just going to listen to your question and go, huh, that's interesting. And so these students did. They opened up about all the things that all of us wonder about, you know, about the problem of evil. If God is in control of everything, then why is there, why do bad things happen to good people? Or, or what happens when we die? Or, or what does God think of gun control or suicide or nuclear weapons? Or all of these questions came pouring out of these students. And we all just at, with each of the questions, we just sat and pondered and thought. And then the second round, I didn't answer them. I said, do any of you students have any question, think that you have a thought on how somebody answered it? How would you answer their question? And then these middle school kids gave very beautiful, thoughtful answers to their classmates. They reflected with them. They said, you know, I think that heaven is like blah, 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 blah. Or I think, I think that, uh, God is against any kind of killing, and that doesn't just mean guns. It means like how we eat and and how we hurt each other and are on the roads. And I think God, you know, it's just very beautiful watching them all thoughtfully respond to each other's questions. It was really cool. If we bring those questions together in community, we might find there's more health and wholeness in all of that, and that we don't need to be so afraid of it. And so we can just live into those doubts and maybe grow by them as well. So that's what I'm thinking about doubt today. 
And I'm curious what sort of things you struggle with. What are what are the ways in which you doubt? What are the things that you doubt? Maybe it is the divine as a whole, or maybe it's just different points theologically. Maybe you're struggling like me with this kind of white Christian nationalism that's made its ugly head reared and just how hard that's been to watch as somebody who believes in the Jesus way and doesn't see the Jesus way in this heavily racist uh, system that's using the name of Jesus to justify horrible things, which, P.S., people have been doing forever. Uh, so, uh, you know, what What are the things that you're wrestling with? Embrace them. Call them your friend. Learn about them. Grow in these questions. Figure out what it's trying to teach you about you, what it's trying to teach you about the universe, maybe what it's trying to teach you about a divine presence in your life. Maybe maybe that doubt is your friend and not something to be afraid of. Maybe it won't steer you away from the divine. Maybe, maybe it's actually that very doubt that will bring you closer to the divine. So doubt and doubt well, my friends, and have good courage. I'm pretty sure the divine can handle it. Thanks for listening to the Good Courage Podcast. If you know somebody struggling with doubts, share this with them and let them know maybe it's not so bad. I'm Jay Gamlin. All messages can be sent to thehouseofgoodcourage at gmail.com. Theme music is by my brother-in-law, Matt Fagan, and his song, When You Go. Please like, subscribe, and share. And as always, have good courage. I wish you'd never go.